Hello everyone and welcome back to my podcast, Straight White Whale. My name is Darren Connell and this is episode, I'm not too sure what number it is, but thank you for coming back. <laughs> Before we get into it, I want to thank this week's sponsors, McTassels. I don't know if you uh, listened last week, but it seemed to be an hour of me and Paul just saying how much uh, we loved the place. So hopefully they listened. McTasso is a Greek food truck and they've became that popular. They've opened a couple of businesses. They've got one at Kelvin Way, uh, one at The Fort and one in Buchanan Galleries. Absolute shit hot food. And it's called Giros. You can get chicken, lamb or cheese and highly, highly recommended. I said last week I was going to suck bangers for it. So... I also said it cured depression. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> this is not a pyramid scheme. I only fucking get businesses that make me horny to sponsor uh, the podcast. So nice this one, makes mate. me horny. How are you, Paul? I'm good, mate. I had my first McTassels on Monday. Is it because I, I was basically well, I saying... I, I thought I was going to get my banger sucked, but there was no <laughs> Darren Connell there in Kelvin Way giving out blowjobs, but mate, wow, what the fuck, man? They get, I think they're fucking sprinkling crack on that shit, man. Aye. I was thinking a wee Greek family there setting up shop and making some meals and there's just hundreds of fat middle-aged guys waiting for blowjobs. Like, what happened? Where's Dom? <laughs> <laughs> what? Where's Ange? <laughs> so what did you get for it? Lamb. Mm. And it had, I just was like, just slam it on. Aye. I hate that. So you're like, oh, what do I want? I'm like, no, do you know what I was like to the guy? Just give me what you recommend, but I want a lamb. Was it chips as well? There was chips. I fucking hell, man. What one did you go to? Uh, Kelvin Way. Aye. Wow. So it was the old boy? It was the guy that owned it? I don't know. It was an older guy, but aye. aye. McTasso, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I just call him McTasso. Paul <laughs> <laughs> <Hello>, McTasso. <laughs> Can I, I know him, I know him. Last year, it's my blowjob, please. <laughs> I suppose that's like fucking calling somebody that works in McDonald's, Ronald. <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, back in the day when the, the the guy that used to own the corner shop was called Jimmy and then the, and the guy's called like, Malik <laughs> you know what I mean? he just kept getting called Jimmy Malik <laughs> that was that was a, a that was a real story there was a corner shop in Carntine Square it was called Jimmy's News Agents mm -hmm. and a guy called Malik took care of it and everybody would just go in and be like Jimmy all right, Jimmy, that's not racist, man. I Keep it on. <laughs> fuck it. Fuck it. You never know these days, mate. I know. Get cancelled a belter. Who's getting cancelled? So I've got many subjects here that I'm going to talk about, but this week a couple of major things has happened that I want to give a shout out to. Uh, one of my comedy heroes who sassed, sadly passed away, Chris Farley, would have been 58 years old yesterday. Mm -hmm. So... I seen it trending on Twitter and it sent me down a wee Chris Farley kind of rabbit hole. Um, he never done much work. He died when he was 33. So he, he's not got much work on record. But, you know, uh, last night I was just kind of going through all his stuff and um, it's pretty devastating that that guy passed away. I know, it's mate. Just, what happened to him? So he struggled with alcohol and addiction his entire life and he had problems with food and his weight as well. And his, his brother, Kevin, I think it was Kevin, wrote a book called My Brother Chris and right. it is fantastic. I highly recommend it. The, Chris was in and out of rehabs his entire life and sadly towards the end of his life he just put on so much weight and they went on a binge and he went to a hotel room with a lady of the night. As you do. They were speedballing, like heroin and speed all night. But Chris Farley was like 300 pounds and taking cocaine and he was gorging on food and stuff. And he, I think he choked, he was choking in his vomit. Oh, for fuck's and sake. And he might have had a heart attack. And when the woman was in the hotel room, he was like, please don't leave me. And instead of phoning an ambulance, she grabbed her camera and she took a couple of photos of him. You're fucking joking. Yeah. So there's a photo online which is heartbreaking. He's lying on his hotel um, floor. He's got rosary beads in his hand oh, and sake. he's basically choked in his vomit. Jesus fucking Christ, man. 
33 years old, but I, I didn't mean that to be so dark there, but some of his stuff is just... I think people get snobby with comedy. Mm. Sometimes I just want to watch a fat cunt fall down a hole <laughs> and there's no reason anything about it. That's why, like, Charlie Chaplin was amazing, Buster Keaton was amazing, mm -hmm. and he's kind of got the, the something like that there, but he was a genuine talent. He was an absolute scene stealer. I mean, there's a film called Billy Madison, oh, which mate. is a great film, right? It's probably aged a wee bit and it's became a wee bit dated and you've seen something so many times, you're like, oh, it's not as good as what I remember. Uh -huh. I mean, there's a scene in it when he's on a school bus and he gets hit, hit with a sandwich, right? <laughs> it's a, maybe a 20 second, 30 second scene uh -huh. and that was just deep rooted into my brain since childhood and right. how amazing that was. Aye, mate. There's a bit in that where he's pure... Veronica's a hot piece of ass. Hi. And so Adam, he's like, I hit that once and Adam Sandler's pure. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no talking on the bus. I think like Chris Farley's one of the guys that I remember. Uh, I, th I think the first time I actually learned his name was that Adam Sandler uh, stand up that he did. Yeah. You seen that? The tribute? Mm, yeah. I, I can't remember what the, the stand up, but they did the sort of five minutes at the end where he wrote oh, the song. Right, yeah. Um, that stand-up's amazing, by the yeah. way, mate. It's so good. I mean, it's, I know that it's lit different nights and it's all edited together. It's basically like a sort of patchwork quilt, a stand-up. But that was the first time. I was like, fuck, man. That that dude, he was the, I was the same as you. He was pure imprinted on my brain. He was so, like, physical. His face, like, every, his comedy would, would rip at him. Yeah. Do you know, like that type of, like, Jim Carrey, where you're like, that guy's like a force of nature. Yeah. So I think he was probably like robbed of like a huge career. Oh yeah, and some people have just got funny bones. I mean, mm -hmm. you think sadly most of them have passed away. You think like Richard Pryor, Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. He was that level. If he was still alive, he would be. I know that people say Adam Sandler's not as funny as what he used to be because he does a lot of Netflix movies. But he would be just as big as Adam Sandler. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there was this... When I was a young guy and I used to dog college, I remember my first pay packet. I went to Blockbuster and spent my entire wage on it. Mm -hmm. and one of the films was American Ninja. Oh, what a movie, mate. With Chris Rock uh -huh. and Chris Farley. Uh -huh. And uh, obviously there's hundreds of cameos for the SNL cast. Uh -huh. But it's not exactly rocket science comedy. He's like... Uh, you know, good though, isn't it? It's, it's good comedy. amazing. It's funny for a guy that was so big. He can do cartwheels. He's always falling through tables. That was just one of those uh, films that makes me feel really nostalgic. And see, watching clips of <laughs> SNL last night, see the amount of people that he makes corpse like laugh. Uh -huh. It's a talent. I mean, that was called uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. Oh, American American Ninja. Oh, that was another. Amer American Ninja was like a pure serious, like <laughs> they tried to make like a pure serious martial arts movie. Yeah, and, like kind of like Chuck Norris. Really, like, I can't take that seriously. But I uh, Kung Fu American Ninja. Mate, I mate. Thank you for correcting that there. Uh, I'm ashamed get, of that. You get trolls. Yeah. Do you want to just say Beverly Hills Ninja? I'll just. <laughs> 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 um, but. Uh, I fuck man, he's get like a he's get like a pure hitless man. See for somebody that didn't have a long career, and I think even Sandler's on what you just said, like he would have been bigger than me. Like I think that was he dead by the time Happy Gilmore. Like was that? Yeah. Right. So I was thinking, why was he known Happy Gilmore? Yeah. So it's a shame because I think no, this was a fact. See Shrek. Mm -hmm. He was going to be Shrek. Was so he? he filmed these voice clips and, and voice stuff with Eddie Murphy. And there was only a couple of scenes left to film. And it was so completely different from the Mike Myers version. Right. It was a more friendlier version. But he was going to be the Shrek. And look how massive that franchise has oh, become. Mate. Like wow. a billion dollar franchise at 33 years old. I'm sure I heard a rumour that he was supposed to be cable guy as well but right. jim carrey stepped in and was and jim carrey was like i, I want that part 
and they gave it to John oh. Kerry. Mm. So I heard that it was going to go towards Chris Farley. Something rings a bell about Ghostbusters as well, by the way. But right, I, so there was a couple of massive uh gigs lined up from and i don't mind talking about chris farley for this entire podcast because he's cool as fuck Aye, mate. see there was i watched these last it's all ifs buts and maybes i watched these last snl and it was so sad man the guy is fucked? absolutely fucked he can't breathe see the sketches that he's amazing at really slow and i always remember seen a clip about norm mcdonald norm mm -hmm. mcdonald did the news break so chris farley did this scene he couldn't breathe after it and norm mcdonald had to wing parts of the sketch i think he even said during the sketch uh chris can't get his breath back so we'll just hang on a second mm -hmm. and see when you watch it i mean will ferrell's in this sketch right it's the motivational speaker he goes to a gym and he gives his chat and uh, he's just massive, man. He's drinking coffee and he's spitting up the coffee and stuff. And I don't know if Will Ferrell's acting in it, but see, if anybody, you'll find this, just put in Chris Farley's last SNL appearance. Will Ferrell's on an exercise bike watching him do his speech and genuinely looks fucking horrified. Right. Like he doesn't, he's just sitting there like, what this fuck? guy's fucked. You can visibly yeah. see it in his face that, he's fucked and it's so sad but see the amazing thing about adam sandler is anytime he's doing a film mm -hmm. see if you look at the credits <clears throat> you'll see a couple of farleys in there you'll be like oh who's that dude so chris farley i think had three brothers right one's a stand-up comedian and the other two are actors mm -hmm. they kind of do bit part bit part acting anytime sandler's done a film he gives them uh work so he's kind of looked after Chris Farley's fucking farmer. I get the feeling that Adam Sandler's a nice guy. Yeah. I mean, he's done some shady movies, man. I mean, that one, uh, Click. Yeah. And even the fucking Don't Mess With The Zohan. Zohan, that was shit. Terrible. Click, I thought Click was watchable. Cheesy, uh -huh. cheesy pish. Aye, aye, but I mean, when you compare it to like uh, Billy Madison, Little Nicky, yeah. Happy Gilmore, um, what else, man? There was one he did with Jonah Hill where he was dying of cancer. Yeah. Mate, that's incredible. Oh. It's like serious, but yeah. it's like black comedy, obviously. Like it's pure Aye. dark, but it's still being funny. Um, and there's a, like, a bit in it where <clears throat> he's like hired, because obviously like, Adam Sandler plays guitar, he's like paid guys to come and jam with him. He's like dying of cancer and he just wants to like jam. Yeah. And the time runs out and he's like, oh, geez, why do you just stay and hang about? And they're like, nah, mate, no, unless you're paying. It's, you get that feeling that Adam Sandler's trying to tell you something that like people in this industry, they just get left. Yeah. Like when the chips go down the way, because he's playing like a sort of failed, or not failed, but a, a has been. Uh -huh. um, and I wonder if that's got anything to do with like Farley, you know, like he's had mates that have died and maybe when Farley's been in trouble, People have just been like, mm, don't touch yeah. him. Do you know what I mean? Just, yeah. just keep him away. And he's ended up fucking dead, mate. But I, he's like a comics comic. Sandler? Uh, Chris Farley. Chris Farley, aye. He's like always mentioned. Always, yeah. mate. In the podcasting guys like Bert Chrysler, Tom Segura, they're always mentioning his yeah. name. So he's inspired. His legacy kind of like loves on, you know what I mean? I think people love him so much. I think they love him so much because it's it's no essentially acting. I don't think it's like when you're watching him do a sketch, you're like, this is a troubled soul, visibly troubled soul that's lonely mm -hmm. and sad and just wants to make people laugh. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Spike Mulligan said that an amazing thing about the Marx Brothers. The reason why people love the Marx Brothers is you feel like you kind of know them. Mm -hmm. So like Harpo Marx has got this childlike innocence that you'd be like, oh, I wish he was my fucking uncle or <laughs> right. something like that. Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. And that's, I feel like people are like that with Chris Farley. I want him to be my mate uh -huh. rather than, oh, he's an amazing comedian. And I think that's why people like Robin Williams and Chris Farley, they are immortal. Mm -hmm. Like instead of just being like a shithole actor. But uh, I, Adam Sandler said that about his films. He's like, Something along the lines of, I get paid 20 million a film. I'm giving all my mates jobs. 
and I get to film it in like Hawaii or places like that. Mm-hmm. So who can blame him? And also, he might be doing shit in Britain, but do you know some of his films like are massive in Bulgaria and right, like so he'll make a shitty like Netflix film, right? And it's got all the same actors that are in it that shouldn't probably be in it. And it's get it's getting like one star reviews in America, but cunts are wanting to build statues of him in like Bulgaria. So Aye. I mean movies are an art and yeah. Adam Sandler's movies will make money. Mm-hmm. So I suppose the industry's not gonna stop making them. And it's all subjective. Like I yeah. like the one what was the one that he did? He's done a couple of them where like uh, Chris Rock's in it, um that mad weird guy, David Spade. Uh-huh. Um the dude out of fucking King of Queens. Um, oh, yeah. Kevin James. Yeah. What's that What's that called? Grown Ups. I, I actually enjoyed that. I mean, yeah. it's like a nostalgia movie. It's like the high school reunion. Yeah. Um, But I, I, I don't know, man. People were shouting oil at the top it, man. I was like, fuck it, man. It's decent. What's the one he would have done in Hawaii? Is that Couples Retreat? Is that Adam? Uh, Is it was... Couples Retreat, 51 Dates, 51st Dates with Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, mate, Wedding Singer. Yeah. Chris Farley would have been made for that fucking movie. Oh, yeah. He who well, don't know who'd have played, but fucking hell. They say that Kevin James has kind of took his place. And, and grown-ups. Yeah. Right. Aye. Ugh, well, do you know what, mate? What age would he have been? His birthday yesterday uh-huh. would have been 58. 58-year-old, man. Fucking hell, man. Which still is young. Still a young I really. You know what yeah. I mean? Middle-aged and he's been away, been gone that long. But I think, like I said, man, his legacy's lived on. I think it's yeah. such a weird thing, isn't it, when some, somebody's only about for, a, you know, 30 years, say. Yeah. And they have such an impact on like, culture and comedy and everybody's still mentioning their name. Yeah. It's beautiful, isn't it, really? Right, it's crazy. So that's my... I love Chris Farley, basically. So if you've never checked out his work, I would say check it out. Tommy Boy, Black Sheep. You want to see a fat guy fall down a hole? There we go. <laughs> My Bobby sketch was kind of inspired by that. I've got a, a sketch when I run into the station and I fall into the desk. Right. That was like, I thought about, uh, there's a scene in, I think it's Black Sheep. Right. When, he, when his brother's running for president. And he's going out and he's handing posters out and stapling posters on trees and stuff. And he mm-hmm. just falls down a hole. And it's just hilarious. Ah, it's just funny as fuck. There's no reason behind it. Who does the BBC own Bobby as like a character? Like, cause you you named them, didn't you? Yeah. Wonder if you could tour that, mate. Ugh, they've sold my soul to the devil, mate. Uh, I think if I came up with a Bobby show, they would. I'd probably get sued. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I think that'd be good. <laughs> but, I mean, I would want that if the comedy unit or the BBC offered me that, I would take it. But sadly, they've no offered me it. But if I went and did my own thing, uh, I'd be breaking. I wonder some... if you could pitch it to them. Do you know I've considered it? But I've been doing that Chris Farley comedy like that. I think that sort of physical comedy, like you're saying, is like up there with the the best. Like yeah. you're saying, it just corpses people. Oh, aye. Should just pitch it, mate. Well. We'll see. How near you? Hi. <laughs> Two seconds. I take it. That I want a cut. I want a cut of the <laughs> <laughs> intellectual property. Get on with. Right. So we'll move on for the Chris Farley love fest. But uh, what are we going to talk about? I'm drinking Monster Sugar Free. Mm-hmm. What I noticed recently was when's the last time you had a can of Iron Brew? What full sugar uh-huh. Iron Brew? <laughs> mate tenure at least so you know they've they've said they've took the sugar out of iron brew aye they changed the recipe aye mm-hmm. so i've started drinking iron brew again mm-hmm. and every single can i've had has been full fat sugar so what's happening that's a real conspiracy none of this COVID <laughs> shit. the bars are telling ag bar are telling <laughs> the scottish government that they've took the sugar out of iron brew but actually they're fucking sneaking in through the back door but all these assholes that are doing in glasgow green talking about covid and they've changed the iron brew and it's giving you cancer well have they even changed it yet remember the cunt that was storing it up in his loft mate one of, one of my mates one of my mates my mate just cut them 
One of my mates um, went to fucking Costco and bought crates and crates it when they announced that they were going to change the recipe. But he did that classic thing where he just drank it on a week. Oh. <laughs> he bought about six months' supply. I am brewing. It was gone in like fucking 10 days. Um, so you don't think that they've took the sugar out? I've not seen a sugar-free can. I've seen uh, Iron Brew Zero or... Iron Brew Extra. Extra. Drink aye. that. Aye. I have a, wee, have a wee can of that bought with that. But I've not seen regular Iron Brew that's sugar-free. I don't know if it's sugar-free. Mm. I think they reduced the sugar in it. Right. Because of the sugar tax. But it's still red. You know how you, when you get <laughs> labelled food and you see aye. red, you're like, that's dangerous. <laughs> just shows you how much sugar was in it in the first place. <laughs> it was literally like... 90% sugar, just a sugar lump would fall out the fucking can, just <laughs> rattling about in the can. Before I came in here, I drink, I only drink Monster when I do a podcast, right? And my pal uh, gave us a can of C. Tyson Fury. He's brought a, a energy drink. Right. But it's just a can of that with Tyson Fury's face, Eric. There's no ingredients. I don't know what flavour it is. So for all I know, my pal could have just brewed something in the bath. <laughs> Tyson Fury's pushing a can. <laughs> here i'd drink that by the way <laughs> fucking probably drink it your dosa fucking but what honestly mate i've never had a can of monster so like my energy drink career ended when everybody was still on red bull mm. so i've never had one of these like fucking liter cans of like energy drink like surely they give you the shits man it's weird because when i first started drinking it, it tastes like shit but now it's just tasteless it's like coffee when you first start drinking coffee mm-hmm it does a trick, but it's probably just a fake, fake energy. I don't think so, mate. I think it's pure taurine and caffeine and all that. I know taurine's it? good for you. Uh-huh. Grows the old brain cells. Does it? Yes. Right. I took that, I bought that in batch <laughs> bulk from Amazon. <laughs> right. Seven pound for a year's supply of taurine. <laughs> was it gone in 10 days? Look, my mate's great. See, the thing is, but I was taking it and it was giving me like horrifying migraines. Right. But I was like, it must be good for you. Is that the groan of your brain cells that you were feeling? Pure pain. <laughs> <laughs> groan pains <laughs> in your brain. My hair fell out. I've put on nine stone and all that. My, my brain cells. My fucking brain cells. Taurine's good for you. Like, mm, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so, I um A couple of big things happened this week for me. For you? Yes. I don't have an agent anymore. For the first time in six years, uh, I moved away from an agent. Right. Scary? Very scary, but the right decision. I just feel like I'm not going to name her or the agency, right? But I don't dislike her and nothing bad happened, but we we hit a, we hit a speed bump and we stopped moving. And I was just like, I need to stop this. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I just need fresh, something fresh. I need a rest as well from that fucking rat race I constantly chase and work. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've started over again. I fell back in love with comedy again. Uh, the two-year break during COVID was amazing, but it's amazing to be back gigging and not having an agent kind of hovering there, you thinking, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that. So I'm going to take a break for a wee while from agent stuff. Right. Looking to trying to get a Scottish tour in the go and just gig as much as I can. So Is that the goal? Yeah. Like stand up to make that the main thing? Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you feel like you get distracted with that with Scott Squad? I think I got lazy, mate. Right. Really. Mm-hmm. Doing Scott Squad, I'm like, oh, maybe I don't need to do stand up as much. And I've had a couple of bad experiences. Like, I've only had one one experience at uh, Edinburgh. Right. The Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And what happened? It was fucking horrible. You just, uh, I gig every single day for a month and then at the end of it, you're hit with a five grand bill. <laughs> uh, you work your ass off for yeah. fucking 30 days and then you need to pay for the privilege of day. Yeah. What was it you did at the festival? I did a solo show. It was my oh, Edinburgh debut. It was a couple of years ago now, but you know, there's a lot of people in this industry that are well off or they've maybe got family members that are producers and stuff. So see five, 10 grand to them is probably nothing. But five grand to somebody like me mm-hmm. is crippling. So it was just, and then venues are taking large cuts. So 
there's a lot of it. I don't know now because COVID might have changed things, but essentially the Edinburgh Fringe is a a pirate ship. Right. And it's just, you know, comedians go there to, to get their souls fucking ripped out of their bodies. Right. Because it's like the normal punter will be like, oh, you must be earning money there. And you're like, no, it's, co- it's costing me money. Does it cost everybody money? Essentially, aye. Other than obviously, like if Mickey Flanagan does yeah. Edinburgh Festival, like, aye. aye, his agent will be like, so, nah, you're fucking paying his fee. I, but I get hit with a five grand bill at the end of it. That's right. not including what it cost me to travel there, right. and food and fucking and stay there. Yeah. Holy so shit, man! It probably cost me ten grand. Right. Is it one of these industry fallacies? Like, oh, you'll get so much fear. It's going to cost you money, but you know. The exposure, that exposure. fucking old trope. Right. So you do, don't get me wrong, if you're a popular person and you're riding a waves, uh, you'll probably get people there. But for the majority of people, it's just a myth. Because I did, you know, say I've done 50 gigs, i never seen any producers there or directors or talent scouts. And right. see when you're doing a gig to a sold out, I mean, not all venues are the same. Monkey Barrel is a really good venue. The right. Stand Comedy Club are very supportive. Right. But, you know, I'm doing a gig there. I'm standing in front of a sold-out crowd, and I'm like, this venue is taking 70% of this. Aye, that's shocking. 70%. And is that... They're just taking advantage of the fact that you need to be there, yeah. aren't they? So it's soul-destroying when you're doing a gig. It's like £11 a ticket. Your pals turn up and think fucking hell man you must be earning money for this and mm-hmm. i'm like i'm not earning any money for this but see if like say my brother comes or my pal comes and i'm like i'll get you on the guest list uh-huh. so i need to pay for their ticket so fuck off if my brother gives us a lift to edinburgh so obviously because he's gave us a lift i'm going to give him a ticket but see i give one ticket out a day mm-hmm. that's 11 pound a day for 30 days Right. So I'm getting hit with that bill as well. I mean, that's that's shady. Yeah. That's fucking shady as fuck. Obviously, like we're saying, the top enders will be making, they'll be raking it in because... And venues will add price. Venues will add shit. Like, I need to pay for the sound guy, right? So say that's £50 a shift. So they're taking 70% of the door Mm -hmm. and you need to pay for the tech. Yep. Do you know what you need to do? Just get a, just set that fucking festival on fire, man. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. That's so bad, mate. I mean, there's there's really... I, I can't remember specifically what venues are doing it, but supposedly even bar staff are getting bumped and not getting paid properly and stuff. How come nobody calls us out? It, it called it a couple of years ago before right. COVID. Right. I think the Scotsman ran a story on it, and I think some of the venues just know that social media is so powerful now that they need to fucking wind it in a bit aye. Uh, because I'll never go back and do the fringe again Yeah, unless people... it's for the fr- the stand or monkey barrel right I mean people need to vote with their feet don't yeah. they they need to like, boycott the fuck at that but the problem is as you know there'll be people just waiting there to be like I'll do your gig oh, I'll pay the five grand geese your balls to suck them do you know what I mean just... I mean I know people that still I mean not recently but I know comedians that will gig with sex offenders sex offenders in the industry and they'll just be like it's 30 pound a gig and i'm like but you're gigging with a beast they just have no fucking moral compass at anything they don't give a fuck so say if i get offered a gig for 50 quid and i say no they'd date for 20 so it's just a horrible industry that's a problem so what i'm saying is i'm glad to be away from my agent i wish her all the best i'm grateful for the help that she's done for me it's been amazing but it's good to start over and it's nice to get the gigs in and I'm going to be trying my best for anybody that's asking. I'm going to try my best to get some type of mini Scottish tour set up. And Paul said they'd film it. I'll be there. You're more than welcome to be my sound guy or whatever it is. And uh, I think we'll get um, like people recognize. They won't recognize me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll be stoning and talking. And they'll be like, are you... <laughs> Are you that mystery voice in the podcast? You can be the... I'll give you a mic from the sound desk. Anytime I, ask, I do a joke, I'll just ask you a question. Because <laughs> somebody else does that. I think there's a couple of kind of jokes like that, in there? Like, uh, 
home improvements like that with the 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 neighbour over the fence. Uh-huh. That's kind of the same joke. And, I suppose it is, isn't it? Uh, Little Britain had a thing when he, he they were in a shop and he used to shout up to his <laughs> Margaret. <"Hi."> Margaret, Margaret. <laughs> I like that kind of shit. Ah, uh, it's funny. Orangutans drinking tea. Right. You seen these videos cutting about? Nope. It makes me feel guilty for chucking being a vegan, by the way. Really. There's just viral videos of like zookeepers or whoever's owning orangutans <laughs> giving an orangutan a cup of tea. A cup of tea. Like green tea though. Right. And it's like just a, an orangutan sitting, blown into this hot cup of tea. And then like, <laughs> you're like... These things are not that far away for humans. <laughs> Just put into Google orangutan drinking tea. And yeah, I know a couple of humans that wouldn't be able to handle drinking a hot cup of tea. So, <laughs> <laughs> probably on a different level to some human beings. But <laughs> why did it make you feel bad? Just because you can see the consciousness of the animal type yeah. thing. Right. Aye. Mm-hmm. I'm like, aye, that is like maybe 20 steps away from being a human. Like, if it's sitting chilling having a cup of tea, mm-hmm. like... It's got something there. It's got a soul. Aye. Knows what it likes. Do you know that we're like 90% banana? Really? Like the DNA of a human being is a 90 or an 89% match to the DNA of a banana. Wow. So we're, we're all, we're all, even the trees. That's crazy. We're all interconnected. Even the vegetables scream when you pull them out the ground, Aaron. Good <laughs> <laughs> on. But um, I've, I mate, so what, are they like, is it a joke? I mean, it's funny because it's like a monkey drinking a cup of tea, but it's not really a joke. I mean, there's a video gone about, there was, there was a really famous gorilla called Coco. <laughs> and uh, there, if you Google Robin Williams and Coco, mm-hmm. you'll see this video of Robin Williams going in and visiting this monkey. Right. And I never realized they were so intelligent. Like the, the zookeeper was showing the monkey... Pa- patch adams dvd and it was like at patch adams and the monkeys like ah, ah like knew that it was him that was in the film and oh really yep this uh i think it was coco k-o-k-o uh-huh. and uh is this like an acting monkey no mate it was just a monkey that was trained in sign language but it was full-blown fucking talking in sign language uh, it's quite that's, that's crazy quite mental like uh-huh. these things are beings uh, one of the zookeepers gave it a cat as a wee pet and it was like looked after this wee cat and stuff and it was sitting watching DVDs and then you've got orangutans drinking cups of tea. Mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes, man, it's true, Trony. <laughs> you idiots, what have you done? Um, have you had many orangutan burgers? Like, why is it making you feel bad? I don't think we eat. <laughs> we don't eat them. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just like... Uh, I know our lifetime... There's a possibility that they could probably be extinct. Aye. I mean, I'm sure there's different cultures that eat them. I think, do they not eat monkeys in Brazil? There are no places where you can go and get, like... Well, even at that, you think about the the sheer scale of kind of cutting down trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. You might not be eating them, but... They're still dying. Yeah. Aye, for sure. Aye, it's a shame, man. You ever seen the video of the cow, like, playing in the field? I think that gets people quite a lot. Yeah. With old veganism, like the cow looks like a wee cat leaping about in the grass, just having a having a good old time. Or there's a one where is it the whales? Like they they take away the whales babies and the whales pure green. You're like, holy shit, man, I think I just because we don't know how to communicate with animals, I think they definitely know. Like my cat one of my cats one of my cats thinks I'm a fucking dafty, right? But the other one loves me, mate. Like, loves the bones off me. Like, see, as soon as my... It's weird as well. My missus will tell me stuff like, the door went, and he didn't move. And then when your key goes in the door, he's pure... He knows. Ah, he's pure straight there. He's pure waiting for me. When I go in the door, and I go into bed, he jumps up in the bed, and he like lies in my lap, and he's pure purring away. So he literally, like, these animals love you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I adopted them when my uncle died of a... Well, he died of COVID, but you know, um, they didn't come near you. So it's been like 18 months, they start to warm up to you. They're like fucking, they're the same as us. Yeah. They, they get it. I never knew that with your uncle, man. Sorry to hear that. Ugh, mate. Yeah. Uh, it was, I mean, it wasn't so bad for me. My mom took it pretty shite, but yeah. 
guy wasn't in my life. My prevailing memory, uh, my uncle Jimmy, he was a nice guy, but it's just one of the things, you know, you don't, so I don't spend, didn't spend any time with him. But my prevailing memory of him was I got a set of boxing gloves and I was like 13 or 14. And he put them on and he was like, oh, come on. And I fucking punched him, knocked him clean out. My dad was pure, <laughs> yes, <laughs> pure loving it. Pure loving the fact I battled my uncle when I was 14. Typical Glasgow uncle, but getting you a set of fucking boxing gloves. And then try to box with me and loving them. <laughs> and then you knocked them out. To be fair, I was, I was probably like, you know, probably like taller than him he yeah. was, wasn't like a tall guy but that's my my memory of him um but i passed away he actually like passed away he'd a bad back he was a long distance lorry driver Oof. and obviously like now they've got like springs in the seat so while you're like gonna lie like the the chair moves with you but he'd been doing it for like 30 years his back was fucked because it's just like repetitively just boom 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 you know what i mean like yeah. his, his discs had all fucking collapsed so he'd went in for an operation and when he was getting the operation they caught covid in the hospital Fuck, passed what, away. what age was he um i think he was 59 a young guy then fuck i think yeah i'm sure ah you wouldn't have been when you've been his 70 i think when he's he's a uh, recent uh birthday's mum was allowed to have been 60 year old so oh, but i adopted these cats because they're black apparently black cats don't get adopted like when they go to the cat and dog home there's an 80 percent chance that they won't get adopted because people the bad luck thing so Thank there was you. two all black cats um and me and my missus took them in and i love them so much mate what, what's their names they were called charlie and uh, harry because my uncle's girlfriend was a, like, a proper royalist <laughs> mate photos of the queen and everything like and um my uncle Jimmy was a pure diehard Celtic fan as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, I changed their names to Salem and Binks. After Salem's nice. Sa Salem's Sabrina's cat and Thackeray Binks is uh, Hocus Pocus. Brilliant. And I, I googled it. Apparently it's no cruel to change a cat's name. They get used to it within like five days. They don't give a fuck. It's not like a dog. I think apparently it's quite cruel to change a dog's name. Because they it... really identify with their name. But cats wow. are just kind of like, feed me and I'll, I'll love you. Aye. <laughs> Yeah, like my arsehole fucking nine hours a day. Aye, mate. That's it. There's been a couple of times one of them spread shite over the bed. <laughs> Come out the little tray with a wee turd hanging off his fucking arse and just jumped up in the bed and had a wee roll about in the bed like that. <laughs> Thanks very much, mate. See if you ever go in and see one of them drink a cup of tea, man. Don't fucking <laughs> fry your brain. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Ooh. You always hear about old Glaswegian cunts doing that. Oh, I've got a chippy for like me and the dog. You're like, what? Worse. My dog loves a joint. Have <laughs> you ever been in a house party and cunts are blowing weed in a dog's face? Aye, I've seen that. Aye. It's not that funny, is it? It's quite cruel, but funny at the time. Don't know, man. Dogs like a beer. <laughs> Aye. Aye. They do? Aye. They like a joint. My dog loves a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Glaswegians were fucking ringings, mate. You ever seen weird shit with cats? Like you walk into a room and they're staring at a corner or something? And you're like, my cat meows at nothing. Just aye. sits and looks at the corner and goes, meow. You're like, I'm scared. Stop it. With you meowing it. Mm -hmm. Which takes me on to my next subject. Have you ever got, have we spoke about this in the podcast? Have you got any real life ghost stories? We've not spoke about ghost stories, but we've spoke about, my UFO experiences when mm -hmm. I was a wee guy. We spoke about them, but no ghost. Have you ever had an experience like that? Um, I, I would tend to say no. Mm -hmm. But I remember being in a house one time and hearing noises. And it was my mate's girlfriend's house. And I was like, what's that? And they were like, oh, that's that's all. That's my granny. And I was like, what? And they're like, do your granny stay upstairs? And she was like, no, she's dead. But... She like, you hear noises in the house. She walks about the house. And I was just kind of like, shut up. Wow. Just like, fuck off. I think I was like 17. I was like, go away. Yeah. Talking shit. That's not your granny. That's a fucking wind or something. <laughs> um, but I've heard some stuff. I've heard some people that I know and respect and know that they're not lying tell me some stuff where I'm like, right, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. So what about you? That's what I was going to ask you. I know that you've not had an experience, so you can tell me about this. I mean, I, I don't know if this is personal, so you don't need to share it, but I'd like to hear some of that. But I've got two stories. And do you want to go first? And then no, I'll you go. Right, so I've got two stories, right? 
And the reason why I'm going to tell them is because I was talking to an actor and a producer last night called Chris Martin. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, he's from Scotland. And he was telling me about... I said... I tweeted... Uh, I would never get a guest on this podcast unless it's somebody mental like a UFO hunter or a ghost hunter. Right. And then he sent me a YouTube channel of these American ghost hunters and some of the stuff was pretty like real. But I said to him, it's so real, it seems like a Hollywood budget. Right. Real. Uh-huh. So it seems like these guys are like a Blair Witch kind of filmmakers that, and they've done it as a, a hoax. Right. But it's it's too perfect. So he's like, I kind of get where you're coming from. Then we got into like, have you ever had a real experience? Right. He told me his experience and I thought, fuck it, man. I'll tell him mine. And uh, I'll tell you the first one, right? Have you ever done the Ouija board? Um, uh, that one, I like, uh, but I, I, I get freaked out by it. Um, I was really young. I was like eight. And my sister made one. That's creepy, then. Uh, and it was me and my sister. So she would have been like twelve, and one of my cousins we were doing it, and I just kind of like freaked out. See freaked that kind out. of way, like looking down the hall at nothing pure. <laughs> but no, I've never really done. I've not done it as an adult. I don't want to mess with that shit. If I'm yeah. being honest. No, there. Well, I had a friend, and when we were younger. Anytime our uncle went on holiday, he gave her the keys to the house. Mm-hmm. And it, it used to be a mad party flat. But there was always rumours about the house uh, being haunted. Right. And her house being haunted because they used to play Ouija boards and stuff. Right. So I, I've I never seen any of this, but I knew that she said she was in her house one night and there was a noise upstairs and i think they all went upstairs to see what it was they came back downstairs and there was a a voice message on the phone and it was like all them talking saying like what the fuck is happening in the house there was like somebody was recording them right she said she was coming back from school one day and she seen somebody standing at her window, like looking through the blinds, like actually lifting the blinds up like that. No, um, mate, I just got a pure spine chill there when I, you said that. Fuck that. And she walked in and there was nobody in the house. Nah. So we, when we were young, I think we were 16, right. 15, 16. I don't know what, what year that would be. And we went up to our uncle's house and I had a, a friend a girl pal that was obsessed with all that shit mediums and all that mm-hmm. and she was like let's do the ouija board and everybody was at their fucking nut right and we're like yeah you're right then she, but we never had a ouija board so she got a glass chess board and she she made her own right. uh, ouija board on this glass chess board right and we were all in the kitchen and it was on the floor and she was asking uh, these questions like is anybody there and all that shit no you know that way when you're steaming you're like oh this is a lot of shit mm-hmm. so we asked it a couple of questions and the the thing was like moving about but it was all shite it was not making any sense right okay so we were taking the letters down and nanny it was words and then I think it was like, is someone there? Is somebody with us? Something like that. So we all had our hands on top of each other's hands and it was this paint glass. And I swear to God, right, the paint glass went like that as our hands were on it. Mm-hmm. And straight away, I was like, who the fuck is moving their hands? But it was so strange because I, I had all my weight down and trying to, like put put it flat right so and i couldn't feel resistance anybody pulling it Uh so like obviously if i'm sitting there with you and you done it i would feel it coming from you of course Uh but i couldn't feel any of that shit happening right and i'm flat out like trying to and it was tilted it was tilted full-blown tilted like that right and then it got to the point i was like gonna stop it and let's just get it done 
and it wasn't happening and the chessboard I know that there was a lot of pressure on the uh -huh. glass, right? But the the chessboard got fucking broken to like fifteen pieces or something. That's creepy. And there was just a horrible energy. It was instant horrible. Like mm -hmm. you just, I felt dirty, and I've went from like steaming drunk to stone cold sober. <laughs> like like Aye, that. That adrenaline kicked and under I, that. I, I, I got up and I was like, I, I'm getting the fuck out of this house. Uh -huh. And I, I literally ran out the house screaming. I was like, I'm not going back in that house. And I went up the road. It was just, and it hears, that was like one of many stories that supposedly uh, happened in that house. Fuck that, mate. So wow. that was my, my Ouija board story. Well, somebody tell us a story. And like I said, I know the person and I respect them and, you know, I've got, um, they've got no reason to lie. They were saying that during lockdown, they went to a friend's family, like a friend at one of their mates' families, like houses, just to get away during like the one of the lockdowns. And um, they went there, and they were just kind of like all night, like something, something just doesn't feel right, like that, like you're saying, like something feels off, like what's going on. And then during the night, they heard a loud bang. Um, and they, they were texting each other in separate rooms. Like, was that you? Was that was that you? No. And they got up, and the the chair that was on the decking was upside down, and they were like, "What the fuck?" And then the guy, they were just didn't think anything of it. And then the guy that owned the place, or like his family owned the place, told his parents, and they were like, oh, "And his brother had died," and they were like, "He hated that chair." Fuck. And I was just like, nah, man. And even as I told you that I get a wee chill, mm -hmm. I think that's like when you know something's kind of like off. Um, there's a there's a thing made the Scottish Ghost Hunting Society. They were on the Daily Record today, mate. Really? Aye, something today with video footage of a door just randomly opening, like slowly opening in one of their ghost hunts. And they go to like, so I think they're planning on doing the bars. Mate. That's the only reason why I brought that up. I am op it's, a, it's almost an open invitation to to get somebody on, a medium or ghost hunters or UFO people, but I believe that story, mate. I Aye. believe you. It's one of those ones, isn't it? Like, I had a cousin. He used to live in Sight Hill when he was a wee guy. And now he is staunch, non-religious, doesn't believe in anything, right? Mm -hmm. Probably an atheist, like, just everything's science to this guy and he's got a story of when he was a wee guy he said he went into a cupboard in his old house in Sight Hill and he said he felt a presence actually lift him up and he was hovering off his feet and it's just one of these stories that have been in the family he doesn't really brag about it he's one of these guys when you're like can you tell that story he doesn't really want to tell it and that, that type of shit. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, but how could that have happened? And he just says... Well, the comedy store in LA is supposed to be haunted, isn't it? Yeah. That used to be a gangster sort of place, nightclub, and they've got like a couple of rooms, one in the basement and one in... So like the belly room, and there's one at the very top of the place. Uh -huh. And loads and loads and loads of stand-up comedians have told weird stories. Everybody tells a very similar story about a, one, like a light, but there's no source for the light. It's like a dark room, mm -hmm. and there's a spotlight in the middle of the, what, the stage, and when they go and look, there's like no light. Um, and one is, I'm sure, a guy, like you can see a guy sort of playing a musical instrument on the stage, but there's no sound, and then wow. when you go near it, it just goes away. And I think, like, what, what do I think? Like, I, I've heard a couple of different theories. One of them is people that are sudden death, like hit by a car, shot like in the head they, they don't realize they're dead wow. and that's what ghosts are so they're caught between the afterlife and this life and this sort of like weird sort of between where they don't know that they're dead and that's yeah. why you get people that are like they they will like try to get them to go to the house or whatever like old guy dies in his sleep or whatever and yeah in the house and then all of a sudden weird things are happening and people are like i need to go to this house and um i think i i think maybe I'm I'm open to it. I'm yeah. like so open to it because we don't understand shit like yeah. so much that we don't fucking understand. I quite like the idea that time isn't really linear. 
Mm. And sometimes we just see things, you know what I mean? Like we, something's almost like a, an imprint for a past. So something's happened in that place and it just sort of like you see a bit of it or something like that. Well, see, since I took ayahuasca, mm -hmm. it definitely made me think there's something beyond this. Mm -hmm. there, I don't know if it's ghosts. I don't know if it's a heaven, but there is something else there and you know it's like you only use 20 percent of your brain or something mm -hmm. that's something that opens your brain and you get to see what's what normally you don't see mm -hmm. i think anyway we're taking that Aye, absolutely who did you see when i took ayahuasca uh -huh. oh it's just it's so weird man it's like you're you it's like traveling through another dimension with your soul right you just see you're like oh this has been about for twenty thousand years these people have took it for so long they class it as a medicine uh so hard to describe well, i've smoked dmt it's like dmt times a million uh-huh it lasts longer i think like the way that i've had it explained to me is that ayahuasca is like an iv drip mm -hmm. of you know paracetamol and um DMT is like shooting heroin into your, <laughs> into your vein. Like, yeah, it's over and done with in that 10, 15 minutes. But I'm with you, mate. See, since I smoked DMT, I'm like, mate, I have seen the afterlife 100%. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm no longer scared of death. Yeah. Um, And I think there is something. It's not a big guy with a big white beard. And yeah. it's no, like, you don't go and see your family. Like, pure, oh, we've been waiting for you. It's more of a something different. Mm -hmm. Like you would, you wouldn't know it unless you've seen it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like everything and nothing at the same time. Yeah. Like you can see everything and you can manipulate everything. It's like a weird sort of experience. You also hear, like my mum used to work in an old folks home, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's common within old folks homes. Maybe it was just, um, I think a lot of the nurses came from like Thailand and stuff. And part of their culture is they they're really big believers in that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think anytime an old person passes away, they would like go around and open all the windows, and it would be like uh, let to their get, soul leave, get their soul out. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's common in old folks' homes or it was just those people. Did you ever heard about like the Vietnamese guys that they came here? There's like a story they. She tells it in that Gran Torino movie with Clint Eastwood. The wee girl tells him it, where all of the men, it's Laos, is Laos in Vietnam? I'm not too sure. I think Laos might be its own place, like right next to Vietnam. But it was like this group of families that immigrated to America for like the hills of Laos, right? And all of the men died in their sleep. Wow. And so, some of them survived and they all told the same thing. They seen that the hills of Laos and it was like, they were like, you need to come home. And so many, like a huge percentage of these guys didn't wake up. Wow. So there's shit that we don't understand, mate. Like we don't understand it. Like my dad was on heart transplant list to get a triple heart bypass and he died on the operating table. And he said to me, like, I fucking seen that. I seen it. <laughs> like I was there. Seen myself in the operating table, went, and they were like, oh, you're not ready, you need to go back. Wow. And my dad didn't lie to me, mate. He was, you know, he was a lot, of, a lot of things, like, that, you know, but he was not a liar. He venomously hated people lying. Um, and I, he would be like, I'm not lying to you, man. Like, I've fucking seen it. Do you think that gave you some comfort then, when your dad passed away? Um, I know. I think there was a bit of me that was just kind of like, I will okay but whatever you know you might not have been dead or yeah. you might have been just hallucinating that shit but when he came back they were like i flatlined wow so it was you i think since i took the dmt i've been like right now i believe it's yeah. almost like seeing as believing like i yeah. didn't have that sort of blind faith yeah. um and then there's dmt in your pineal gland and that releases when you're about to die and all these things where you're like i think i think there's something here you know yeah what, what a deep conversation that, that we're having on, on this podcast. Well, it's about to get deeper because I'm about to tell you my second story. Right, let's go. And it's like, this is one of those stories when it happens, you're like, I'm going to take this to the grave. Mm -hmm. So a couple of years ago, I had an uncle called Jerry, right? Right. And it was my mum's brother. 
and he was a he was a great guy. At the time when it happened, I thought this is I'm never going to tell anybody because I feel like I'll get judged. But I've told quite a lot of friends now, and then I told Chris last night, and Chris was like, "You should probably say that on your podcast." So years ago, Jerry moved to London when he was eighteen, mm-hmm. and he he was a brickie. But sadly, he was an alcoholic and he, he dabbled in drugs. And I think he got so extreme, it made him mentally and physically ill. So for the rest of his life, he, he had to take medication. I think he was paranoid, schizophrenic. But he was a great guy. He, mm-hmm. he, he just had this illness through alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So because he was on this medication and all this type of shit, he chain smoked. He smoked like 40 cigarettes a day. He drank like something outrageous, like fucking honestly six liters of diet coke a day or something for the bottle. But right, and see to actually see that it was quite disgusting because he smoked, he smoked like that, and he just guzzled diet coke. Right, he put on a shitload of weight, lost all his hair because he was a young handsome guy. And I remember one night I had a dream about him, mm-hmm. and I, in the dream, I felt like I was a child. I couldn't see myself, but I felt like right. I was about six or mm-hmm. seven or something. And he was sitting on the couch and I was sitting on the carpet and I was like kind of on his leg. And I remember looking at him and I was like, ah, Jerry, you look amazing. And he was, he was young. He had hair and he was wearing this stupid fucking like purple velvet suit. Uh-huh. It was so like like real vivid vivid Mm -hmm. that was that's the term i was like jerry you look amazing mate and he was like i'm better and i was like what and he's like i'm better i'm better now you don't need to worry and i was like what what do you mean you don't need to i don't need to worry he's like i don't drink diet coke and i don't smoke and i was like what you don't smoke and he's like yeah honestly don't worry about it i'm all right and I was like, amazing, mate. Mm-hmm. Like, you look amazing. I'm so happy. And he's like, ah. And he just smiled. I woke up the next day, right? I woke up and I felt like, see, I can only describe it like a bicycle pump, right? I felt like a bicycle pump was in my mouth. And somebody did that with oxygen out my mouth, mm-hmm. out my body. Uh-huh. It was like a, uh-huh. like that. I walked downstairs, cold fucking sweat. And I'd I done that to my mum. Ma, I had the fucking weirdest dream about Jerry last night. And she just looked at me like, are you fucking serious? And I was like, I, I had a dream about Uncle Jerry. And she's like, you taking the fucking piss? And I was like, no. Like, what? And she done that. Your Uncle Jerry died last night. No he, way, man. Fuck he had, off. He had a heart attack and he died in his sleep. And I was like, are you fucking serious? That's creepy, mate. So, because it happened so long ago, I'm not 100% sure of the exact time frame, right? But we've got a duffel bag of family photos in the loft. Mm-hmm. And it's been up there for 30 fucking years, right? We were looking through all these old photos and that. And my mum was like, looking at this fucking photo. And she was like, ah, look at that. And, and it is, was, is he in the purple suit? Yep. Nah. Get that Standing, bin, mate. slim, handsome. Mate, how the fuck did you know freak out when you seen that photo? Do you know what? I feel like at the time I freaked out. Right. But seeing now that I've matured, uh-huh. I, I, I take great comfort. Aye, a bit of comfort on it. it. At first it was scary, the dream was scary, mm-hmm. but it's made me realise I feel like if there is an afterlife, that was a a message uh-huh and it you know i've told i told a couple of family members quite a lot of them are like you're full of shit my mum wasn't right. it uh-huh. and i mean well she she's seen it she yeah. was there she's heard heard you tell her that you had the dream before you knew that the guy had passed away so that's why she won't be doubting it do you know what i mean but yeah. what a story that is mate what a way to round off the episode as well mate wow yep. like oh, that's a fucking great story so that's my story i don't know if it's a ghost story i don't know what it is but that is my kind of my 
my story about that. We should definitely get some sort of medium in to do something freaky in here, man. Aye. I'd be well up for it. Would you do a Ouija board? Absolutely. We'll look into it, but... Look, I know that's like a really fucking intense subject to finish a podcast off. I feel better for getting that off my chest. Strangely, I don't really know this guy, Chris, right? See, when I told Chris it last night, mm-hmm. I got really emotional and I was crying. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't sad. It was just hard to describe. It was like relief. Uh-huh. But look, we'll, we'll wrap up with that because uh, there's another podcast uh, person coming in. Uh, an hour is more than enough. I think we've done more than an hour. Aye, we're, we're just past hour now, mate. How much? Uh, 1.05. 1.05. Look, guys, thank you. That was quite a strange episode. No, it was good though, mate. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, I just want to thank um, McTassels for fucking sponsoring the podcast. Haunted, <laughs> a haunted food van. I know. Last week I was like, ah, Ange Postacoglu's getting his cock sucked. This week I'm like, ah, my fucking dead Uncle Jerry visited me in a dream. Anyway, uh, McTassels did the lamb fucking Giros. Fantastic. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for your support. If you like it, please do donate a coffee if you can share it online send it amongst your mates take care and see you next week thank you very much paul beautiful love you love you too